Hi guys, this is David Negrin, host of the Script Podcast and executive director of the NYC Screenwriters Collective. I'm excited to announce that we've created a Patreon campaign for the script. Patreon is like a Kickstarter, but it allows you to give ongoing pledges every month and receive ongoing rewards. Of course, the Script Podcast will continue to be free, but we're just asking for a little help. So please, check out all our rewards, join our inner circle. Become a patron of The Script Podcast at patreon.com slash the script. It's the first ever large-scale colonization mission. We're making history here. You hear that? What? This is the script. Welcome. We're at Adorama. We're back. We're doing Covenant Alien. Everybody, I got so many friends here today. This is like our biggest podcast ever. Um, the script podcast for screenwriters by screenwriters. The deepest story analysis anywhere on the internet. At the script, we believe story moves pages, story moves product, and story moves people. Tonight, I'm your host, David Negrin. I'm here with Christina Leith Malin, Jeremy Engdahl Johnson. Just woke up from crowd sleep. <laughs> Alka Kushalani. Hi, David. And Alec Pollock. Hey, David. Guys, we've been waiting for an alien for a while. We've been waiting to have some questions answered uh, from Prometheus. Whether Prometheus technically qualified as an alien film or not. Um, a lot of great. Uh, uh, Promo, trailers, extra content before the movie was out. What did you guys think? I want to just do like a little uh, upfront favorite moment in the film, one up, one down kind of thing. And uh, who wants to go first? <clears throat> Jeremy should go first because he has notes. Jer- <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, take it, man. What did we you should, we should. I'm sorry, David. We yeah. should uh, just uh, uh, preface this that it is a spoilerific. Uh, podcast today. Absolutely, we're going to spoil the movie. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it, <clears throat> and by d- in, in that manner, Jeremy, tell us what you liked. Well, I I, I liked the effort to uh, deepen the the philosophy and kind of take it in some new directions. I think we're going to probably hammer <coughs> on this pretty hard uh, because they made a big friggin' mess of the whole thing. Um, oh I, really? I, I don't this know. This doesn't like a positive. Comment. Well, like I appreciate <laughs> wow. the attempt to Wait. take something that we all love, and and um, you know, I, I, w- I want to talk about kind of the span of this series at some point. But I mean, this started in 1979. Yeah. And most of us grew up with these movies, and it, like this is in our, you know, this is wired in, hardwired stuff. So th- anything that's kind of you know bringing us more information, more detail, oh. more complexity. I think it's a good thing whether or not they pulled it off. That's an open question. Well, you, but you know, talk about um, a covenant between the fans and Ridley Scott, right? About I mean this you know there's there's going to be some uh, mentions of sort of George Lucas uh, copy <laughs> and pasting and gluing together mythologies here tonight. But I really I really love this movie. I was on my the edge of my seat. I had a lot of fun. Alec. Yeah, I, I, I was really excited by it as well. It, it had me most of the way through really, really excited and really with it. And uh, I, my, my favorite moment, it's also one of the most ridiculous moments, but my favorite moment really was that revelation of David creating the xenomorph. 
okay. and engineering it. And I just thought that that had epic and kind of really full franchise repercussions in terms of what it meant for both this trilogy that we're watching now, Prometheus, Alien Covenant, and, and the next one, as well as what, you know, your whole path of the androids and the android story through all of these movies, it's kind of like a parallel story with the alien story, and now they've dovetailed together. I love that. Yeah, we're going to get into why it's not called Android Covenant or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the Android franchise. Alka? Um, I think, did this film really warrant like any strong feelings at all <laughs> no, no <laughs> i want to ask wanna you what you liked about it what did you like about okay, it okay i'm gonna say I've what i liked about it but then i'm gonna okay so there were more women on this crew okay and i appreciated that but it was like the sandals cruise of like alien ships right <laughs> it was all couples and they were sent to colonize so those women were like you know bearers of you yeah, know, they humanity. had they, they had on board and fetuses in case you can't make one. Yeah, and yeah. and and I just kind of thought, oh well, there goes my feeling of of you know being happy that there were a lot of women, and also those women every time they warned the men like, don't <laughs> land there, this is too risky. This it's like uh uh-uh. uh no, we're not going to listen to you, even yeah. though you're now the captain. We're we're, the, we're like we know the what second we're doing. in command, the priest. We the have white like cowboy hats, and we're going to do our thing. Yeah, I yeah. I agree with all that. I also thought the fact that you had couples who were pretty much consistently separated throughout this mission. So someone's on the ship while someone else is getting like turned into a you know some terrible you know chop suey, and. Like, I think it added an interesting dim- dimension, suspense-wise. I agree the men should have listened. They should always listen. <laughs> yes. They should. They're, they're... Christina? <laughs> I'm on the polar opposite end. I feel like I'm not a feminist anymore. Okay. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I, I loved it. I loved the fact that we had another female lead protagonist, even though she bit it you know, eventually in the end. I also... That's a um, question. I don't know if she bit it. Well, he said she was going to go through Shaw. The only thing that I didn't like was as smart as she was, I, and I said this to the guys, like, before he Walter got on the on the ship, I'd have been like, you remember the cabin, right? It's just to check. You, like, you would have checked Why earlier. would you go for that in cryosleep where you have no power to do anything? <laughs> yeah. Do it before you get yeah, into exactly. the pod. Yeah, exactly. be like, okay. oh, you want to get on here? W- yeah. What were we going to build as soon as we landed? Yeah, I kind of yeah. felt like that. She was so smart. She would have asked that. Yeah. But I'm such a basic, I'm such a basic B when it comes to loving this whole, I loved everything <laughs> about it. It connected. I even went back and saw the first scene of Prometheus to see how that, I loved. I'm sorry. Yeah. I loved. Uh, let me, loved. J- let me uh, quickly, I want to always, we, we want to talk about who the artists are. Uh, Ridley Scott's our director, of course. Blade Runner, Alien, Prometheus, Gladiator. American Gangster, personal favorite, Black Rain, uh, The Martian was a big hit. Our, our screenwriters are John Logan, who's well known for writing Gladiator, The Last Samurai, Hugo, The Aviator. Uh, he wrote on Skyfall. And Dante Harper, who uh, was like an indie screenwriter for a while. Uh, he's best known for being the uh, screenwriter of All You Need Is Kill, which was a Blacklist favorite in 2010. Uh, which became Edge of Tomorrow, 
of which he was not credited as a screenwriter later after it got taken over. But um, he's since then he's worked on things including uh, The Forever War, which was a project Ridley Scott was attached to. Original uh, characters. Oh, there was two story by credits on this, Jack Paglin and Michael Green. Uh, and the original characters of uh, from Alien are by Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusset. Dan O'Bannon uh, has a great screenwriting book. I don't know if anyone's read it called... Dan O'Bannon's Guide to Screenplay Structure. That being said, this franchise was begun by Ridley Scott, and then it was left to several other um, filmmakers to uh, shepherd it. James Cameron, David Fincher. And it, you know, how, how did that affect where it went from the 1979 movie to what we saw at Covenant. And can you can you remind people like what Cameron did and what Fincher did? Cameron did Aliens, David Fincher did Alien 3. Um, Jeanneau, right? Hmm? Jeanneau was the... Jeanneau did Resurrection, right? With a screenplay by Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, yes. Yeah. And then Ridley was back for, for this whole thing. For Prometheus and, and, and Covenant, yes. Alec, what happened? <laughs> Well, again, we've, we've had lots of conversations about this idea that the Alien movies themselves became an opportunity. They were almost a, a genre of movie themselves for other creators to come in and apply different subgenres to. So we had the genre of the action movie after the genre of the horror movie with the first. We had the genre of the horror movie. So Alien was a horror movie? Mm-hmm. Aliens was what? A blockbuster action movie. Action movie. Very different genre right? in general. Uh, 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 Alien Three. What would we say that would be? That's thriller. horror. That's back. That's to horror. that's back to horror. Back right? to Contained horror. thriller slash horror. Yeah. yeah. Uh, resurrection adventure. Uh, you know, space. Yeah, the pirate crew. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've t- I've, I've referenced Alien uh, Resurrection a lot of times because Joss Whedon, uh, the 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 format of that movie is the is the prototype for Firefly, the crew in Prometheus. Uh, match up one for one with the crew on Firefly, but then you get uh, the crew on Resurrection. That is, then you get to Prometheus, and Ridley Scott takes it back. Well, back and, and it's mythology. interesting too that the I, w- when it was on loan to Cameron and Fincher, <laughs> they actually stuck to the the kind of original mythology pretty tightly. You know, you get a you get a thing on your face, and thing grows in you, and you know, bursts out of your chest, and and you know, oops, there we go. Aliens are the antagonists. Aliens are the antagonists, but the, and, and I know we'll talk more about this, but the way that the aliens are born and kind of the, the evolution of the aliens is pretty standard. And then Ridley Scott comes back and starts complicating things. Not, yeah. not necessarily in a bad way. I mean, I was fascinated by Prometheus and all the different variations, you know, the cobra-looking thing, like, you know, in this movie we got these weird kind of Pan's Labyrinth-looking things. Like, there's there's different species that are emerging from all this. Uh, but it, it took the uh, the creator coming back, which is actually kind of an interesting metaphor for the plot, um, the creator coming back to really start changing things up. Yeah, I mean, so the you just to be clear, in the original uh, Alien, the alien is an antagonist. In Aliens, the alien and the alien queen are an antagonist. In... Uh, Alien Three. Some of the some of the prisoners are antagonists, but mostly it's the the creature again. In Resurrection, it's definitely the creature. Um, but P- 
Prometheus comes out, Ridley Scott takes the reins back, and now it's Wayland, right? Mm -hmm. And Wait. now it's the android. I don't and, agree. And the same in Covenant. You know, we have some aliens here, but come to find out, David is the main antagonist, the big brain. So you said the that with Alien, the original, the aliens were the protagonists, uh, antagonists. I don't think they were. I, I think, and this goes back to the androids. Uh, that was a, okay, good, fair enough. In the sense that two species are trying to survive in the, some, in the same space. And they, different species have different ways of surviving. The only true antagonist I saw was the... the the cyborg that wanted right. to contain both Our and Ash. use Ash the you. android, right, right, sure. And he was, you know, to the violent extent that he was going to impregnate uh, Sigourney Weaver or make sure that we kept the species to bring it home. You know, I felt like that was she was more fighting Ash than the, the alien in the sense that I, I don't know. I'm cheering for the alien. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't see. I s well, that's part of the fun of this franchise is you can end up cheering for the alien. But also think about what what that means for the what the first what happens in the first movie, what happens in Alien, what the the consequence of Covenant is. If yeah. there's some programming of the androids to have have that creation element to them, maybe something continued on through. And Ash's actions in that first movie are more than just the programming of Wayland. Be maniacal. Well, yeah. and, and that's a that's a common theme is droids with so motives we don't understand, and and they seem to be detrimental to the entire mission, unless the mission is not for the reason we were told it was, which has happened more than once. That's a yeah. convention, right? And this is one of the things that was filled in in Covenant, which is the the mythology behind the androids. David has the ability to create. He's a creative android. Eventually, Walter was not... They, they, they took away the creative potential, and they just follow orders. What does that mean for the evil plan? Like, wh what does that mean for the, the controlling idea for the story, Alka? What do you think? I mean, I think it's an interesting um, theme in general, is, like, who is the creator? And um, I think these androids kind of, um, the fact that they have like all these fuzzy motivations, you know, it leaves a lot more nuance on the table um, because you always understand that there is, there is what they are programmed to do. There's what, there's this hidden motivation and then there's the external action. And I think that there's always um, tension between the two. And I think that's one of the great successes throughout the franchise is that you have this innate tension in the character of the android. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, the first instinct I had was before I realized it was a creator and father-son situation. And, you know, Ridley Scott with Prometheus particularly and then now again in Covenant is really a little obsessed with the idea of immortality. He's one of those filmmakers who's getting older. Uh, we, he sadly lost his brother, Tony, one of our great artists. So you could see him being very interested, even back to, to Gladiator and, uh, and, and some of his other films, the idea of immortality and your legacy uh, being right. important to him. More interested in the androids and creator myth than a strong female protagonist battling for a surrogate daughter in Newt, you know, in Aliens number two, uh, versus a, a, uh, a, an a mother alien and her battling against her children, 
which is what James Cameron put into the the franchise and that I think is what a lot of people identify with the alien fr- franchise is this you know the strong female protagonist who, who's not listened to by the men around and the corporation that's that's messing with her and at the end of the day she's a badass construction worker um, and has construction worker skills and uses them to beat up aliens and particularly you know a, a, a feminine feminine alien sort of form so but really i don't think really scott's that interested in that well there's this whole there's layers of creation you know here i mean we we were introduced to the engineers in prometheus and the engineers purportedly invented humans and they invented this pathogen that is the alien and then the humans invent the androids and then the androids undermine everybody uh and so it's it's interesting in that regard um The, the engineers are male they are clearly a male form. Oh, it's it's this weird kind of you know male Roman but, but he's humanoid male, thing. You know, not on the planet though. Hmm? Well, not on the planet. No, in, in Covenant we do get to see engineers of. I there was a more of a mixed bag of different genders. Yes, right. but we also you know so Prometheus is the title of um, the the first of the prequels, and that's a specific myth, right? That's you know stealing fire from the gods. Um, there's there's more there's another P in here. It's kind of the Pygmalion, you know, trying to create the the perfect being, and there that you go. La- that gets layered over with, especially with David's motivations as he's you know he kind of reveals why he has done this and why he's done all this engineering and why he's created these monsters. What's his evil plan? What is I mean, and what is his motivations? Let's let's put a finger on it, for you know, let's not philosophize about it. What, what 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 practically is David trying to achieve, and why? I think on a very basic level, he's trying to one up his maker. I think. Yeah, he's definitely there's a father son. You know, he was born of Wayland, mm-hmm. and he kind of was like, I, and that interesting prelude was about um, him saying, "I'm going to outlive you." Exactly. Which was. Probably, like, dialogue-wise, probably the best part of this film, you know? <laughs> you it felt very... <laughs> the first five minutes? Yeah. I mean, I kind of was like, uh, you know, when you think about it, I feel like they... In- is it a B story that they started with? Or, you know, what? how did they, you know, make this choice? But the choice was a strong one. And I thought that they really... I mean, um, this idea of, like, we're talking about theme stated who created you yeah yeah. right it's like i understand you created me but who created you and And that hopefully we'll find that out yeah right and then he mentions that's fixation he reminds waylon that he's not immortal and that david is right and that that's why that's when waylon asks for his tea like can i get my tea (laughs) right well can we can we talk about that scene for a second? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Can we talk about the tea? So, uh, you know, David goes and plays piano, and and he plays Wagner, and he plays uh, the entry of the gods into Valhalla. Yeah. Which is from the final scene of the first of four operas by Wagner in the ring cycle. Oh, here we go. Das, yep. Yeah, yeah. Das Rheingold. Did his homework. And, and so what's happened here in this opera, and I think it, it's relevant because it it's, it's, has echoes of Prometheus, but the, the idea behind the ring is that there's this dwarf, Albrich, and he's stolen the Rhinegold from the Rhine Maidens. And the Rhinegold is very powerful, and 
you know, stop me if you heard this before, because like it, can be, it can be, no, it can be turned into a ring of power that will allow you to wield complete control over the entire world. Never heard that one before. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, so Albridge takes the Rheingold and he has it and a lot of things happen. And then at the end, the gods, Votan and so on, take it away from him and he curses it. And, and he's like, you know, you're never gonna be able to wield this. And, and everyone's like, Votan, give it up, give it up. And he's like, no, I got the ring. I got, I got everything. I'm good to go. And so, so that's after, like very much like Prometheus. Very much myth. like Prometheus. <laughs> okay. And then after he does all that, we German have we have opera the, the entry of the gods into Valhalla. They've just built this castle, and it's awesome. So they're entering Valhalla in this extremely hubristic moment because you know the god of the world just took the ring, which he shouldn't have taken, shouldn't have ever been stolen. Give the gold back to the Rhine maidens, but no. So at this point in this movie, I'm like. Oh my gosh! This is just the ultimate dork fest. Like I love this, yeah. and it's the it's the perfect echo of Prometheus. I think we went in different directions after that, but I mean, there's some good liberal artsy stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. So, and but then it comes back to, but if you know, all these old white men uh, obsessed with legacy and getting into, you know, c controlling the world, if they would just listen to one of the intelligent women on the craft. Just don't go down there. <laughs> don't go in the house. Right. Right? And, you know, going back to Prometheus, I mean, they have, the engineers have this pathogen, right? Right. And that is kind of the thing that's lurking in the background here. And the question that's lurking in the background, like, why do they want to yeah, destroy their creation? What do you creations? think? What do you think? What is that? That's not answered in Covenant, is it? The nope. black xenovirus, uh, uh, right? Alec, what do you think? Uh, what mean, are our again, answers? If you look at it in the actions of the engineer and his response to actually meeting the human being in uh, Prometheus, yeah, and his reaction to meeting David and uh, Wayland, he just gets angry. He rips David's head off. Yeah, David's an abomination. He's the whole reason of why they're, he's, they're so angry when they were going to go back and destroy humanity to begin with. That was the, the purpose of the engineer ship in Prometheus, well, they, right? They're angry at humanity for being imperfect or being... There are some theories that say that they actually did send an engineer to check on their creation about 2,000 years ago. Okay. And we crucified that engineer. Oh, is that what, part of the internet theory? That's what okay. the chatter's around. That's yeah. the oh, only like engineer that. with really long hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He was incognito. You know. Interesting. Interesting. And that was not the right move. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. That kind of that was a test, and we I failed. I like that internet theory. So, you know, that internet's got um, Because... There, then there's. I I don't know that they 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 figured out that the covenant answered the questions about the engineers because they very quickly uh, take us to what we thought was supposedly the um, the this alien this lost civilization of the original humanoids right um, maybe they're evil maybe they're not maybe they have this complicated relationship with us their children which they created um, and uh, I find it a little confusing though yeah and, and it, did, 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 you know why did why does uh, David decide to kill them all right and to be God because he's he wants to be a creator that's his thing he so you gotta be a destroyer to be a creator. He's gonna, yes, he's going That's to what destroy the the masters so he can become the masters. I mean, I got David's his journey side makes of it. sense. Yeah, I think you know, like the engineers and, and the aliens a are, are his creation. 
the aliens are totally no his. no that's where I'm confused because if you go back to the opening scene of Prometheus the actual engineer when he takes whatever he drinks he dissolves his pathogens are what goes into the water and that's the same thing that they I don't played know in that Covenant. that's the Xeno virus is, he becomes though. no he becomes like that first seed of life yeah. I thought he, those are not pathogens. I think that the, was I the those that the was pathogens. the ultimate giving it, birth to humanity. Like starting in the water, he goes into this. I think Ridley needs to have different town. colored goo if he wants us to understand <laughs> the plan. Because you're right, it's like <laughs> black <laughs> liquid, and, and pretty much on the internet, they, they were there's it's called black liquid now. The the, the xenovirus liquid. I mean, at some point, I guess. So that's why I got confused because when we go into Covenant and it goes yeah. into his ear and it's we we realize it's airborne. Is that yeah. this? I was thinking that's, that's the, the same dissolve from the engineer, and realize I never saw. Let's just look at creatures. I never actually saw an an alien until it came out of those gentlemen. Yes, so I hadn't seen that creature yet. Um, can we also just for one second yeah. talk about the fact that these astronauts? came onto a strange planet without space without gears. space gear yeah i totally thought yeah. about that so there's a lot of what i've been no, called but there's, oh there's, a there's a convention everyone checks the air just it's like just I, saying I, one at a time they weren't wearing red shirts at least <laughs> right that there is there is a convention in the alien franchise of bad decisions like the first <laughs> act is full of bad decisions. But this was nonstop. This was way yeah. through the second yes. act yes. of bad decisions. Well, well, the this is stupid yeah. crew syndrome. I, I, it, it's, <laughs> it's all the way up to the midpoint. It's like yeah. a lot of bad decisions. Yep. And, and but that's what gets you into a horror movie. You go into the house. It, exactly. And and this specifically is the classic, you know, the, the, the classic like horror, con- you know, convention. It's the monster in the house. Yeah. Which is three things, right? Like there's a sin, a really stupid decision, and it's typically in the face of like it's typically like bad leaders making a decision like oh yeah let's br- let's just bring them in. Also know? a convention in Alien, you 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 always have a bad leader, right? You had you had the guy in Alien Three with the low IQ. You had um, in Aliens, you have the lieutenant who also has like a low IQ, right? Who's not who's not who'd never been on missions before, right? In um, the first Alien, no one's listening to Ripley, right? Um, and, uh, Tom Skerritt as Dallas is the only person. I mean, he's kind of okay, but he, he makes the crucial bad decision to let the alien in. And Covenant decides straight off we're killing the captain. And that's going to be. It's going to be. The captain is James Franco. Let's yeah. just get rid of that let's, guy. Let's just kill Aww. James Franco as soon as humanly possible. You can't trailers, disagree though. with that. I'm like, that is an excellent decision. <laughs> <laughs> really? But. But I like seeing his body shot out into space. But that actually, to me, works well with some of the mythology. A lost father, right? Sure. A missing father figure uh, is what uh, uh, David is, is, is suffering from. You know, it gets back to this male myth of immortality and the, the, well, the Jesus stuff again. I, I get again. it. But, like, how, how much bad decision-making by the crew and how much stupid characters as an excuse for plot forwardance, like, can we excuse as not lazy writing? So uh, Never lazy writing. All, all I will say is that the, the dumbest choices made for the, the most tension. That scene where the, the lander first lands on the engineer planet and 
Uh, uh, We've never heard of this planet before. We won't ask Mother. We yeah. won't Google. We're just gonna go down. <laughs> we're not gonna Google. wear space. Send Android. And it's better. There's it's better than Google. The still exists in 2100. <laughs> okay. okay. I feel like there's there's two different conversations. Are we gonna talk about the plot and the and script, or are we gonna talk about the philosophy? Because well, those are two. Totally we're gonna do plot in about five minutes. So philosophically. I, now listening to you guys I'm connecting more dots and if the engineer is the creator of everything that makes sense if he, he would be pissed off at David for bringing humans back because maybe he's thinking like I purposely engineered this out and I don't want to bring it back and I feel like all of these guys are like mine's bigger than yours you know <laughs> I can make I can make it even better no yeah. I've already made the best you know mm -hmm. like every single iteration of a male version of species and why have we not had any female androids by the way um, all seem to want to one up it's all a and boys have a fantasy one. this this stuff that i'm the creator i'm exactly. immortal that's all i like, think you're all jealous because none of you guys can create and we can thank you absolutely there it is there boom. it is boom. it's da vinci code <laughs> we're done here it's da vinci code drop the mic boom <laughs> that's it ridley scott to took away the the you know he took the focus <laughs> from aliens that James Cameron, whether you like him or hate him, he made it about uh, motherhood and maternal instinct, right, and creation. Yeah. And he's focusing on a bunch of men who uh, cannot create and are struggling with it. And there are so many scenes of men to take giving my child birth. To the bathroom. Okay, there's <laughs> yeah. so many scenes of men giving birth here, uh, right? Like what? Like every one of these, like we end with Michael, a uh, Michael. Oh, Fassbender, yeah. Michael Fassbender um, playing David, and he's like birthing these aliens like out of his throat. Yes, uh, yes, very, like, very Okay, excellent. we we're gonna Actual figure this orifice thing out, and we're gonna do it this yeah, way. Absolutely, you know. We did orifices almost every way in this, right? And every one of those, um, you know, like uh, in the first Alien, when the thing popped out of John Hurt's chest, yeah. right? It to was. Birth. It was just like a burst of something. And these, they kind of come out in like sacks. Yeah. You yeah. know, they're like, it's almost like watching like a four-legged animal giving birth. And I so think that's a lot of yeah, birth. Yeah. There's like a, a lot, lot of men, of men giving, giving birth. birth. Right. Which yeah. is, yeah. Although we have a new convention in this movie where instead of coming out of their chest, the alien erupts out of your back. Which your back or your mouth or we're gonna do a different anyway way. yeah the whole new neomorph like strain of aliens they do things differently there's a lot of new rules in this one well so why don't we do two minutes on the the rules of this universe and how they've changed or been violated because honestly it's there's been some George Lucas like pasting together of mythologies here <laughs> okay uh, on the internet. Uh, I found a, like a, a, a map that says, you know, that there are these are that Prometheus, Covenant, and Aliens are all all three uh, are di they're different aliens. They are of different morphology. They're related, but they're cousins, right? So, Aliens is what we will call the xenomorph, mm -hmm. right? In Prometheus, at the end, we get the Deacon for some reason. This is a religious. <laughs> connotation and then in alien covenant we have the neomorphs which is the white alien that we see okay um some people even say that the 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 dark alien in um covenant, covenant is a is not the same as aliens they're calling it a protomorph but let's not go that far um 
but how do you how do you get these things? Norm, you know, from the original aliens, we you have the the egg sac, the ovum, then you get the face hugger, and then you get the ch chest buster, right? Mm -hmm. What do we do in Covenant? We're, what do we do in Covenant? What are the rules? Well, I mean, we've got it's airborne for one. We have these little pods and egg then sacs. These little like mold things come up and come in your ear. Right, they're, they're calling them motes or motes or some kind of yeah. They're, they're the neomorph. They're like yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And you do get a you do get a blood burster, but you skip the whole face hugger thing. No, yeah. you get some face huggers. Oh, with the xenomorph. With the xenomorph. Yeah. Later on, right? Yeah. But earlier, like. So he's playing around. He's playing around with his prototypes, you know. And I think that that was cool with me. That yeah. was fine. I was, you know, I was wondering, like, where's the second jaw? Where's you know? But you skipped a rule of the universe, which is you got to trick somebody into getting face hugged. Now it's just you know you <laughs> smell something or yeah. You know, that, that's part of it. Well, you're, you're I mean, apparently the universe, apparently the parasite is is backing off in its potency. I mean, like in aliens, it's all about kill the queen because she's laying all the, the eggs that lead to the face hugger. There's no there's no queen right. in, in this single one. point of failure. Right. That I guess we know of. Yeah, no, we said that, that was the egg versus chicken theory it starts with the egg. David laid the eggs. So yeah. David laid the eggs. <laughs> right. Yeah. Again, quarter of the podcast womb envy right there. <laughs> More yeah. womb envy. Well, yeah. and, and on that topic, by the way, just because I, I think I, I watched uh, Alien 3 this weekend after seeing this movie. Yeah. And, and, like, it's an awesome movie. Like, yeah. I did not, it, it had been more than 20 years since I'd seen it. And I did not appreciate it enough. But the, all those feminist themes, they, I mean, yeah. the fact that she gets impregnated with an alien and that's how this thing ends is crazy. Yeah. And, yep. and it's, it's like, you know, they build up and to she's it. she's in a men's prison. And men's she's prison. The only woman there. They've taken a vow of celibacy. Like, right. you know, yes. and of course, half of them are rapists. I mean, it's like, it's it's a terrible per place for a woman to be. And she has this thing in her and she's badass. And that is, that goes back to, like I was saying, the, the original mythology, James Cameron really pushed after Alien with his sequel, which was about this, the, uh, a, fem uh, a, a hero, a female hero's journey. Right. Whereas once we get to Prometheus, we're a lot more interested in the androids journey and all this womb envy and stuff. Um, but Prometheus did have that like self-inflicted C-section, which I appreciated. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, there was something kind of, you know, unforgettable about that. That's the most unforgettable thing other than that first. That is a great moment. It's like, something we've always moment. wanted to see is if you could save somebody who's been impregnated by an alien. Well, yeah. And I, I thought it was a lost opportunity based on how Prometheus evolved. So, like, if you think about the evolution, so so David dips his finger in the, the black goo black and puts it in the, the scientist's drink, and then he drinks it, and then he has sex with Shaw, and then he impregnates her with an alien, yeah. and then she removes it via the, you know, the metatube or whatever, and then that thing like ingests an engineer and then scoops out something else. I wanted to see that thing being hardcore, like that, that being the, the, the next step in the evolution of this movie. And I, was, I, I mean, yeah. it worked out fine, but I was disappointed that it didn't work that way. The, the whole idea of David genetically engineering and experimenting on these earlier forms of the Xeno virus, the black liquid, the uh, the 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 egg sacs, the chest, the the blood burster, and the neomorphs to create the xenomorphs is that taping together of the mythologies that 
from Prometheus and Aliens that I'm talking about. Why did the alien have to be so different in Prometheus from the ones we've seen in in the first film and in the second film? Why? I think Ridley Scott said, like, don't call Prometheus like a straight prequel and I think he left room so he could go two ways with narratives. We could go right back to Ripley's story and continue there or we could go back to the engineer's story and I think that was a smart choice of his to have different avenues that he could take this whole well, universe. I, yes but let's not pretend like it was planned. Like it certainly wasn't planned because you know Shaw was the Elizabeth Shaw was the stand-in for Ripley yep. in Prometheus and she's been you know she, she was taken out of this story completely she's does she appears in covenant in like a, a flashback right well, that was that was i was okay there's definitely ahead. a conflict here in terms of where rip where at ripley where ridley scott wants to go with things yeah. and where what's going to sell tickets i mean that's a conflict right that's, that's right happening. The, the franchise we know that it happened with prometheus we know that you know that that deacon scene was kind of tacked on to the end i think you know, is that the, right the original plan there wasn't Which any one? any of that kind of alien in in it at all. Like at the very you know, really, tag- so they, he didn't even Prometheus. The, 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 the very the end alien of Prometheus. At the end, they call that it alien looking somehow. Yeah. But even even look at the trailer. You know, just watching the trailer that we just saw just now for Alien Covenant. When did everything in that trailer take place? What part of the movie? It was all Act 2B. Yeah, yeah. It was that's, which is not where you usually get trailer material from. Right, trailer material is usually 2A. Act 2 funny games, yeah, yeah. That's the fun and games, that's Wait. all the craziness. But if this movie's trailer was an Act 2A movie trailer, no one would go see it. Just because I in would. that initial part, it's all just lead up. Wait, but I, 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 I think I'm there was a, a lot tra- of 2A like, stuff. This I, is what I, I think. Trailer-wise? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like over the whole beat up Prometheus because I feel like it's like Rogue One. It's a one-off and it has some... It's in the universe, but it's different. And I, I feel like we're so okay with Rogue One, and we're not beating it over over the head to not be exactly have Han Solo or this, but we're not doing the same here. We, we, we're, like, totally destroying this this franchise. When he, he said himself, don't assume that this is all going to line up. But, th- but this, this movie takes... Why do we accept it takes, with Star Wars and not this, with the Alien I agree. franchise? I agree. They don't match up that well, but this covenant begins. The prologue is... You know the the last ten minutes of it's definitely of Prometheus. An, it's completely a sequel, and it's yeah. an origin story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's all exactly. of it. It's exactly. like totally even agree. the like planet that they're going to is named like Orge or something totally. like you know. <laughs> or a guy, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, well, so, <laughs> and in the history of this, it could be the sandals this, cruise thing again. <laughs> the sandals thing. Yeah. In the in the history of this this series, like, I mean, I think. One of the reasons I didn't watch Alien 3 for a long time is because I was so pissed. They killed three characters I really cared about from the prior movie. The whole reason you care about aliens mm-hmm. is can we get Newt to the ship yeah. and get her to survive? And then in the first 10 minutes of Alien 3, she's dead. And, and you know, Hicks is dead, and, you know, and Bishop is dead. And you're like, wait, like, I, I've, I've... Not cool. It's not cool. And so this was a similar thing with Shaw, yeah, where yeah. we care about a character, and we're just gonna, you know, eh, you know we'll get rid of him well, before we even get to the, you know, and, the and, inciting incident. And in her place, we have the uh, Daniels, who's the Catherine Watterson character. How did you guys feel about her taking over the reins for the strong female protagonist lead? I think you know my question was, are they gonna let her wake up? Right, because uh, I end. don't trust them. Like because they got rid of everybody else. Yeah. You know, are well, they going to let this woman wake up in that pod? 
That's at the end of the movie, but uh, yeah. for this film, no, but here's in, during the movie, how does she carry the? Does she carry the torch? Yeah, she totally does. But um, mm-hmm. and I loved her in Fantastic Beasts. But here's here's the thing: the whole issue. This is this is um. So the dying, the we have Newt that comes back and she's dead, right? And then the top of this one, Shaw comes back. That's a classic horror trope, like uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Two. You take out the the heroine from that survives the previous one. That's not new, and it's I, I don't have a problem Ooh. with it. Either. What's the what's okay. the suspense reason? I to like do that. that. There's like, a, well, let's just call a spade a spade. You probably couldn't get uh, Hicks and Newt because their agents didn't well, in, make it Well, in happen. horror, it's you probably. you hire a new cheap, uh, cheap uh, uh, actor. Yeah, right? That's in. why it's a horror convention. They've got budgets for these. But movies. do they stand in as, as the half man? And two because they didn't do three. that to Jamie Lee. No, not with her. But uh, but the thing is, with three two, if you're you're deciding to set it on a plan of all males, it's hard enough having a woman. Can you imagine having a woman and a child on a rapist planet, and all the blowback from having it, like to to protect the it's, child. That's a, true. It's a dark planet to have Hicks and Newt wake up on. Because um, he's gonna be emasculated because he probably can't help her much because he kind of got beat up pretty bad, and then a child molestation. I I wouldn't want to go down that road right now. I yet. agree. It's, well, it's, it's a different scenario. Um, let's talk structure, guys. Second half of our podcast, we like to do a break down the movie uh, st- structure-wise. I mean, we don't have to do all the 15 beats. We can do b- set up, inciting incident, break into two, midpoint, all is lost, break into three. But you guys feel free to jump in with extra beats along the way. Uh, does anyone want to tell us quickly the, the, uh, the beats that make up the setup? Our act one for Covenant. Alka, thank you very much. Um, so <laughs> volunteer. <laughs> so the setup is um, that the Covenant is a colonization ship. Which it's, is why we have all the couples. Yes, we've got um, crew, we've got uh, colonists, we've got embryos, and... Um, they are headed to this planet that is years away, I guess. And um, that's the that's where things Why are we colonizing anyone? Is it clear? No, it was a mission, but I would think the inciting incident... Not cause I'm We're not there yet. Come on! Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> uh, well, go ahead. I, what I, do you, I, what I'm, is it's the in inciting? my head right now. The, okay, what's the inciting incident? The whole James Franco thing. I think that kind of threw me off, but it is the inciting because I'm just thinking right now. Had he lived, they probably wouldn't have gone there. They, were, they probably would have stayed the course. There wouldn't have been so much like who's the who's the captain between right. his girlfriend and the religious guy. Well, so go ahead. There's there's the uh, you know solar flares or exactly. electrical burst, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. that hits the ship and wakes everybody up. And only and the crew, college. guys. Only, only the crew. The crew. <laughs> um, we and lose oh, some colonists, true. but it's only the crew. Sadly. That, but but like, then, but then we've got, you know, the they receive That's the country true. road transmission, yep. which is kind of the thing. You know, it's That's another call to another alien call to adventure. Yeah. It's a ping. Is, from it's a ping oh, from we got an some phantom cut. reception, and she's singing "Bad Country." You know. 
John Denver. Her version was bad. That is not bad. Well, because yeah, you know, Numi doesn't have perfect English, but she's all right. So they pick up the radio transmission. We get the. Well, we start the movie at the prologue with Wayland and David. Okay, which sets some of the theme. Is there a theme stated in there? Can I just, sorry, just want to jump in yeah. real quick because one thing that we uh, should play around with as well or, or talk about is the prologues that were online to see that happened even before any of the film. Yeah. And I know I want, that they I want to do the structure director. of this movie. They didn't put it in the movie. I know, but okay, they're so almost essential for understanding it. So go, go on. Was there a theme stated, Alka? I thought the theme stated was who created you. Creation. Like, that works, and that happens in the little the prologue with Wayland prologue, and David, which I also feel was like, um, uh, kind of like the B story up front, which you may or may not agree with. Sure. But I mean, I think uh, I think David has to be the B story, right? So we'll see. <laughs> um, so then they get the the uh, the covenants headed to Oragai, neutrino burst. Uh, then they get the radio transmission. A uh, very habitable planet, and our new captain Orum, who's also religious, he's a, he's supposed to be like a pastor of some kind. Yeah, they didn't do much with that. Uh, investig decides to investigate against the objections of Daniels, who's our s sort of our protagonist. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. Then we break in the second act. What do we got, guys? Anyone else? Beats. Beats. Well, Beats. The, I think the midpoint is meeting David, because that's. That's what kind of turns the whole thing upside down, right? I mean, like you... You were walking backwards no, from the midpoint? Well, I would think the whole... Well, the explosion, I agree with that. The, the, first, the first alien hatching and the explosion would be before that. That's all though. fun and games to me. Yeah, I mean, games. there's a lot of fun and games. There's the spores, there's David new ways to get infected with, uh, with alien pathogen. and That's yeah. all like, Act 2A. For up, me, to up to David, right? I, hmm? I'm kind of with you. Like, up to David, up to meeting David. To David. I think it's past David. I think until... The midpoint? Midpoint yeah. is David. Let's, let's talk about the midpoint, because that's the hardest thing in screenwriting, is figuring out the midpoint. What do you guys think is the... Alec, what do you think is the I midpoint? I think it's, it's meeting David or David. Meeting David? Okay. Maybe David revealing himself, because suddenly it's a different story at that point, and that's... Are like, the stakes raised? Um, what did you think, Alvin? Midpoint. So... Okay, before the midpoint, they're in Jurassic Park. They were in another movie, mm -hmm. right? They're like on this Earth-like planet with creatures chasing them in the dark. Yes. And they have no way to fight them off. They don't know the rules about any of this. And this hooded figure shows up in the night and gets rid of their attacker and all of a sudden says, like, follow me. And we see that it's Michael Fassbender. And we get to go into the, the castle, the, this, yeah. this uh, engineer castle. Yeah. Okay. Right. And that was a nice moment cinematically, too, because we didn't know that he was going to come back. We were kind of like, who's Walter? Is that, like, David renamed? But then yeah. it's like, it's David. And you did, David. you did the clone thing. You did, you but did nobody the, yeah. acknowledges see, that, hey, this one. guy looks a lot like our android. It takes them yeah. a few yeah. minutes. Yeah. It's like right nobody that. says this. <laughs> and then how does his hair grow? You know what I mean? Like, come on. I this do, he can do what he wants. He's more perfect. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I the hair like is, the that's your question? The is that how does the hair grow? <laughs> it is a question. How did he create these aliens? Okay, so this is what I'm not getting. Like, the end of each act should have a cliffhanger leading into the second. And that's why... I kind of thought 
that the explosion right before he came and saved them because we have the explosion that happens then we have these new baby aliens that are running through the bush in the dark and then he saves i felt like that was the beginning of act two when he saves them and after the i think no the beginning happens. of act two is i think is going down to the planet yeah yep. right? they land on the planet after the debate all the things you're describing are, are that's act two already that's that's you, action that's fun and games you get the the crew infected by the spores you get the uh the the quarantine on the lander ship that doesn't go well that for me also what do you see as the end of act one then the end of act one is going down to the ship here's the convention to the the, from the ship to the planet with alien and and act two always happens on the planet and act three happens in space like i know that's simplistic but it's it like because, like, I think the, the break into three, it, or the low point, uh, is is the shower scene. They think they're all good, and it's like, let's have sex in the shower. It's going to be fun. And it's like, oops, there's an alien here, and he's <laughs> not welcome. This was not a welcome threesome. Um, so, like, but the alien's on board. And and now we have to deal with the alien on the ship. Are and they on the ship? They're still down? St- no. No, they're, they're, on the they're on the ship by the, ship. By the shower. Yeah, but that's Act Three. That's Act Three. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's Act Three. But they, right. they I didn't. had for the all is. Lo- I had for the all is lost when D- David disables Walter, and we th- right, and then he captures Daniels, like that. That and that's happening on Walter. the planet. That's the all is lost. But they're able to. But you know, they're able to reactivate him. You know, Walter's able to reactivate himself, fight David off probably, and and D- Daniels escapes. And then um, they, uh, uh, Lope gets the uh, is the the guy who gets the attacked by the face hugger, and um, they kill the xenomorph with the crane on the planet, yeah. right? This to me is third act stuff. I, I don't know. I, I, I think disagree. that we we frequently have we th- we have false summits in alien movies. We yeah. think that we're done. And that, that's why I thought yeah. that the shower scene was perfect for that. It's the same thing in Aliens where you're like, okay, it's okay. And then he's on the ship. And in Alien 3, you know, you're like, is, she finally gets Bishop back up and going. It's like, is, is there a, uh, you know, is there an alien like on, on the planet? Yes, there is. Oh, come on. We got to go. And kill. if, just the if ending, mother. It takes five minutes. It's just a, If all, mother can identify that there's an alien on board, mm-hmm. why can mother not identify that Walter has, is not on board, but David is? <laughs> okay. There right. is like, you know, huge plot holes here not a good but mother. i mother disagree not, with i disagree us. with your all is lost also david okay um i think the all is lost is when billy crudup gets the face hugger uh. and he is um he is like he represents this idea of faith okay right and so i think that's that's the trusts, all is he, he trusts david enough to go into the, the yeah, tomb or like, whatever oh, have a look and this guy is you know run by faith and boom, he's done for. And then the dark night of the soul is when David becomes Walter. And that is if you accept that um, Daniels is the protagonist. Because yes. that is yeah, yeah. that moment where her hope is gone. So you're pushing Fastbender on Fastbender into the end of Act 2 as oh, opposed yeah. to beginning of Act 3? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I am. All right. Yeah, because that is a cliffhanger. I'm wondering who's, can we, who's going. Can we take one back. moment and talk about the uh, Walter and David seduction scene? 
Uh, Does anyone want to comment on that? No. I think that you just volunteered to comment on <laughs> the that. Flute? The Do flute? Do we want to talk about flute the playing? The flute. I'll show you how to play uh, your flute. I'll do the fingering. I mean, I'll finger your flute. Fingers all David. The wow, theater, guys. Right? Pete, we had laughs in the theater. Yeah, laughs. Wait, in well, the with the kiss because you know, like a, re a regular audience is still a little. Uh, they're still uncomfortable with male kissing. I don't well, know kissing yourself that, is weird. Yeah. Like, kissing, yeah, yeah, kissing yourself is weird. Kissing yourself is very. But it was Or it's a little like kissing your brother, right? So it was a little like no one here knows what that's like, but kissing yourself. Definitely no one knows. It was more like kissing a bro. Fastbender right, A brother. So it was a little incestuous. Um, but he's seducing him, right? Mm. That's part of the plan. He's try It's part of his evil plan. Um, showing him creation, which he cannot do, that he, David's more perfect android can, right? Which is maybe trying to get him on board with his evil plan. When he, when he mentions, he asks him, he gives him the Paradise Lost quote, right? Which is, you know, do you want to serve in heaven or reign in hell. So he's trying to seduce him with all these uh, 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 Lucifer-like, you know, things, flesh and power and I wasn't meant loot to serve. playing and loot playing. <laughs> <laughs> do, do I wasn't you, meant to serve and neither were you. I mean, that was the most seductive line, you know? Yeah, but yeah. it was all such great For setup. Women. <laughs> and then you've got the, the, the you know, the, 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 the body swap where they swap yeah. personages. And it was so telegraphed. It was so like, all right, this is clearly what's happening. Yeah. And then it was what happened. There was no surprise to it. That was my biggest disappointment. And nobody's you, you alarmed. You saw the body swap coming? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. 100%. I was like, oh, he please, don't let them do this. Yeah. When don't he cuts let them his do hair, this. That's, don't do this. Yeah. And it was just like, you saw it was coming. I was like, please, 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 let it be something that I'm, I'm not expecting. That there's yeah. some twist to it. And, you know, maybe Walter went, went bad. Maybe all that kind of seduction. That would have been awesome. Right. Like that something. He, he successfully seduces right. Walter. Right. David dies, but passes on this. Something. This, uh, better. Uh, this crazy. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a better ending. Yeah. It's Walter, that David passes on this, uh, uh, this yearning for power. Yeah. That was but my moment. Or he reprograms Walter. Sure, you sure. Know what I mean? Even he, so, even if he yeah, just all that like creating. put his code into it. Yeah. So and Walter so ends up with like an alien head as well. David Negrin, yeah. not David the alien. Um, <laughs> since you've read Paradise Lost. Oh, here we go. <laughs> let's go. I wrote a screenplay about Let's it. go. What do you want to know? Uh, how does this fit? And does it work? Um, the closest thing, is, so in Paradise Lost, you have, um, it's sort of a, a, a sequel to the Book of Revelation, where you have, uh, where it's, it's after uh, Lucifer's been thrown out of Paradise for, um, he, Lucifer was apparently a, an, uh, a, the head of the angels. He was, he was um, God's favorite, mm -hmm. and he was bestowed with great uh, responsibility and uh, power of which we don't know what they were doing on Earth. It was maybe during Genesis, maybe during creation. God asked him for tea. Uh, it, you know, it, was a, it was a tea order. It was basically a, Play Starbucks, me some Wagner. a, Star, a Starbucks order and a little, a that little was it. piano, right? Um, and so Lucifer, uh, because he's uh, too prideful and tries to take over paradise before man is created, uh, he's thrown out by God one way or another. And so he's in hell and he's talking to some minor demons and he's telling... What Alka was saying, the, the lines uh, that Alka was saying was that we were not meant to serve, right? Um, we were meant to, to reign. And it's Lucifer uh, versus, uh, in, in Paradise Lost, uh, the archangel Michael is his, sec is his other half, who represents 
the the light side versus the dark side and a lot of people think the archangel michael um is in old testament is a stand-in for jesus in the new testament archangel michael fassbender archangel michael fassbender yes Oh, whoa. Jesus Fassbender. <laughs> getting and complicated. Yeah, I'm just glad. Yeah, I'm just glad we didn't. Yeah. So, and we have, and we do, there is a Christ figure situation. But um, I, I that, to me, that didn't come through. I think the, the hubris of Lucifer, the hubris of David, that matches up pretty well. And that would be great if in the sequel, The Covenant, we see him and his hubris and his final plan, whatever that may be on the, on Oregai and, you know, get, uh, you know, the, the forces of good go up against his hubris and then you, you, he'll fall, but we'll, we'll see this just, you know, covenant sets up a good option Absolutely. for, for a sequel. Absolutely. Covenant is the, you know, Empire strikes back. The bad guys win. So what's yeah. next? Yeah. Can, can we dwell on that star Wars comparison for a moment? Sure. sure. I mean, Star Wars 77, Alien 79. Mm -hmm. It's inhabited many of our lives for a long time. Um, Both of them had missteps along the way. You know, we had Alien Resurrection, which in my opinion was a misstep. (laughs) Uh, We had Metachlorians and Jojo Binks on the Star Wars side, which were clearly missteps. So which of these has aged better? The Star Wars franchise or the Alien franchise? Yeah, Alec, I think you should answer this. Uh, I, I mean, again, I think Star Wars has aged much better. Just oh, generally. no. Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> it's, a, it's a larger <laughs> there mythology. There's, agree, there's yeah. extended universe. Are you yeah. just talking about the movies? Or yeah. if you, even if you're just talking about the movies, the prequels at least expanded on the mythology, though they were, the, though the, 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 as filmmaking products, they're, they failed in a lot of ways. The I just watched Phantom Menace with my daughter a few weeks ago, and yeah, it's, it's awful. But it, it has bits of it that still do resonate it answers some questions definitely i think that i like that alien doesn't answer all the alien franchise doesn't answer all of our questions i like that there's some uh i I mean and you know damon lindelof helped write prometheus and he's uh he's you know jj abrams right hand man the mr mystery box right they like to not you pose questions and not answer them they also wrote lost together uh, the TV series. We're in the middle of the story. I mean, to a good point. We're like, in, yeah, we're in the, we're in the, of the second story. episode. We we're in a, during Empire, and we still don't know what's going to go on. And um, hope if he, if if Ridley Scott lands the pirouette in the third episode mm-hmm. of this, back towards the 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 fe- strong female protagonist, the 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 maternal wisdom versus the paternal wisdom, that would be epic, right? Yeah. That would be epic. Yeah, because then it will come full circle. It will have the full story. And, you know, in, what, three years when we have this podcast again and talk about it, I think yeah. we'll be uh, <laughs> singing a different tune on the flute. I personally think, and this is not to just rail against you, but looking at the franchise of Alien, and maybe it's more from an artistic, like, art direction point of view, I feel like it was a more cohesive universe and even scope and even pacing. Even when they had different directors, barring two, though I love two, it was a little bit too actiony for me compared to the others. But I felt like I was still in a world I knew that Ridley created, even when he wasn't helming it. Versus Star Wars, which I loved, but I felt like we're just 
all over the place, especially when the newer ones started happening. The new newer ones? The no, not Force the Awaken? new new. The, the new. The prequels. The yeah. bad new. The bad news. <laughs> the prequels. I want to. I want to let you guys uh, comments. Last comments or questions before we do Q and A. Um, last things that you had to say that you kept in all day, all evening about uh, Alien Covenant. Things that uh, <laughs> you liked or disliked that you haven't heard. I don't. No one's mentioned that uh, that moment. And like I said, it was it was my favorite aspect of it that David created the alien but no one's mentioned the idea of that little alien kind of like popping up and like putting his arms out oh. and the, 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 the chest burster no, when the like xenomorph a, actually like burst out was that like a Christ out, thing yeah. or was it just the oh there was, a, there was a there was a little alien on a crucifix I, well there was an alien on a crucifix but this is like the little guy that came out of Billy Crudup's chest and like you know David went like this and the little alien kind of like picked up his arms oh and, and learned yeah. from him yeah, so some comment that like was like fu- I expected him to suddenly start singing hello my baby hello my baby <laughs> <laughs> Because it was a little really ridiculous. That's uh, the, a Spaceballs reference. Because of the, the connection there. That's why I don't see them wholly as bad. It just is another species, but not bad. Because they were learning too. David's I mean, to some extent, no, we're and, and assholes and it, and in the universe compared That's true. You know, at one point, um, David starts speaking to the xenomorph, and it, it, it has this almost, this look of, this childlike look and then when uh when orange kills it he's like no you like you killed my child you know even though the child had eaten some people <laughs> there was some innocence to it right there was some uh uh innocence and that actually is a is a great choice a beat where we feel for the neomorph when is the last time we felt for an alien does ripley count no. does ripley's clone count ripley's clone does not count no an actual mor- xenomorph or neomorph, one of those. I think the first time we ever see it, the, the first out of uh, Tom Skerritt's chest, because it's a baby. A baby. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I, I, I'll agree with that. I think I felt a little for the mother alien in, Aww. in the second episode when Ripley starts taking out her brood and she's crying, screaming, she's yeah. screaming, and we know that it's one mother and, and her child against another mother and her children, right? I felt for the alien in Spaceballs. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyone else? Last Wait, things? I do have to comment, and I'm surprised no one's brought this up yet. Did anyone have this, like, deja vu moment when they start closing hatches and did, like, a repeat of Aliens 2 where they tried to, like, launch it out of space? Do you remember the end of it? That's two? a convention, but yeah. they did it in Alien it kind of in the first one. They did it in every, every movie. Yeah. It's a convention She's of Aliens. She's trying to always get it like, out. Get it to, like, the, 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 the hatch. Um, the hatch that has all yeah. of the cargo, the cargo bay. But the, the whole idea of firing things into space, like, we do this with with corpses too like you know uh, the cane the guy who has the thing come out of his right. chest in the first he gets launched in Captain Branson aka James Franco yeah, goes out in, the, in, in six like it, we're all about firing bodies into space I thought we were douchey I was like bodies. god we're littering in space dude <laughs> it's the only way in um, in a monster in the house movie in space that we can know that it's actually dead right the, 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 the firing into space to know that it, the story is actually over I'm going to say one thing, which is whenever I see the first alien when it's on, mm-hmm. I always stop. I don't do that for any of the others. Where? You know? Or what, what, what like, puts you off? Um, I think, you know, there's something in the silences of the first one that is, like, poetic. 
and it's really, you know, it really kind of. Oh, you say you stopped to watch it. I stopped to watch it. Oh, sorry, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought Let you made me you stop watching. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I I stopped to watch it because there's something really beautiful and um, really heavy about the isolation, like the feeling of isolation yeah. of space in the first one that none of them ever kind of got back. They're chatty, they're actiony, they're, you know, they kind of move too fast. Or being and on I a think, ship, or like a, a marooned yeah, ship. Yeah, it's know? like, you know, and you can, in, the, in that first one, you kind of linger over this beautiful um, art direction that you mm -hmm. see with Ridley Scott, right? Mm -hmm. And here you had one moment, and that was with the sails, right? That was you a, see a, the sails going up, and my breath just caught. I was like, oh, they're going to do this now. And they, that was it. And, that, and then <laughs> that explosion. You got you this know? huge explosion. And, no, and even when the sails went back, yeah. you know, and then the lights went on, there was something so beautiful about that. And I thought, now just like live in this moment yeah, for a second. Yeah. Take we this moment because it's so beautiful. This world cinematic. is so beautiful. Yeah, and they do not give a shit anymore. Dave and I were talking about this earlier is the, the pacing of this movie. That was one of my downs. Like, yeah. I, I, I didn't feel that like the pacing was right. I, the editor is a very accomplished editor, worked on Gladiator, worked on The Martian with Ridley Scott, but not a horror director, not a suspense uh, editor, sorry, that I feel like the editing, if it had been paced a little bit more like yeah. that original Alien, would have benefited. Yeah. I feel like if it was I totally disagree with you guys. Like, I noticed that it didn't really pick up, like we talked about the explosion, mm -hmm. till 50 minutes in, because I looked at my watch mm -hmm. at about 50. But I was okay with that, and it felt like 2001 Space Odyssey, where you just sat and you watched a film. It didn't have to have a lot of bells and whistles. I no. was totally okay But there okay was a lot it. of chatting. Well, to me, there was to a me, lot of like, my wife, my hey baby, you know, like, I mean, there was all to, this stuff. Where to me, Covenant was these three genres. It was the horror film, it was the science fiction film, like a 2001, and it was the adventure film. And this thing, like uh, Alec and I were talking about, it, it was cut like an adventure movie more. It was not cut like the horror film. It wasn't set necessarily, it was cut a little bit like the sci-fi movie, like the slower pace that you're, this poetic pace you're talking about, the epicness of space. But it was mostly cut like The Martian, like an adventure movie. And I don't know, that I think you might have something there that it's not edited essentially with the, 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 the same tempo and tone that the others have, but it's a choice, it, yeah. you know. That, and it did make two hours go by like this. Very, very quick. And and there was a lot of tension. That scene, I gotta say, my favorite scene is that scene when they first land and everything goes wrong. They've made some bad decisions and then they just keep making more bad decisions and then Neomorphs are coming and people are, they're violating all the rules of, of uh, uh, you don't let things on a ship, Back right? On. You know, and, and then new things are being spawned and people are dying. I was on the edge of my seat for a good 10 minutes. Yep. So that was, and people's wives are dying left and yeah, right. Well, and know? part of why that was so good was because you had that dyad setup, which I think is from a, if you were going to learn something from this film, like the idea of taking people who love each other and like separating them and then slowly killing them off. Like, <laughs> that is that's a really good way to scare the heck out of people. That's a good and horror so, movie. But you don't feel for any of these people. I never felt for anyone's loss, we including didn't get to our know protagonist, them. because I was like, okay, you Dan know. McBride? I mean, Dan McBride, I thought, was the most empathetic yeah. character, no? In terms of his reaction. That relationship was, was the most. But you're right, we didn't get a lot of time with the couple. You know, I, I didn't to empathize in the prologue. Okay, yeah, in the prologue, exactly. we meet James Franco materials. and his wife. Have some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You saw the, all the crew. You saw them interacting with their spouses. It was, it was nice. I don't. 
you guys, we have a few people in the audience tonight. We want to be able to take some questions. If anybody has any questions in our audience about Alien franchise, about screenwriting, about anything we talked about tonight, we want to, you know, take the time to answer them because you guys came out for us tonight. Any questions? Sir? Oh, great! Uh, great question. What is what what is the uh, path for watching the films? Uh, you know, there's no. Is it? You know, like the Star Wars films have uh, multiple <laughs> possibilities for yeah. watching, right? I I I'd, I'd take the same path. I'd watch them in the order they came out. Yeah, you think there's no rearranging? No. Required? I have the timeline, the literal timeline, but I agree with him. I would do it in that order. Yeah. Because so the thing alien, is, not hold up cinematically right. compared in, to how newer these versions are. In Star Wars, they skip a lot of people skip Phantom Menace now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd skip Resurrection. You'd skip I Alien skip Resurrection? Four. I would skip four. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, it's it's they, they had a, a, an amazing trilogy, and then they're like, let's bring her back, and let's make her mate with an alien and see what happens. I like four. It feels like a really interesting science really? fiction episode. I do. You can absolutely skip all the Aliens vs. Predator oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. I watch a couple of them oh, this week yeah, don't need to play the video that. games either they don't they don't add to the mythology and well, they're so the predator stuff is far more interesting than the alien stuff yeah. well again what's interesting like so alien aliens alien 3 alien resurrection prometheus. is a resurrection is a, is a, is a we're split on prometheus but definitely watch any of the extras for prometheus i think the one that we were looking at earlier yeah. today the ted talk that whalen does right there's a whalen ted talk uh that's a prologue to prometheus which is great yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, and then what are the prologues that you shouldn't miss for covenant covenant the two prologues one is uh, the story of David and Shaw and what happens with them all. And you see it all and you see Shaw kind of putting David back together and you see Shaw kind of navigating her way back. Like it's oh, five, six minutes. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely worth watching. And there's bits of it in David's story it's called, in Covenant. Right, it's called The Crossing. Yeah. Uh, Alien Covenant prologue, The Crossing. The other uh, the other prologue is called the Alien Covenant, The Last Supper, yeah. which is on, uh, it's with the captain before yeah. they go into cryosleep for Covenant. So we recommend those. Yeah. How much did James Franco get paid for that? <laughs> Apparently, he was in more of the movie in earlier scripts. The uh, uh, the screenwriter, uh, one Glad of the screenwriters, talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got his own vial of black goo. Yeah. Maybe that was his. Yeah. Watch, we got to watch James Franco get burnt up in space. Um, Definitely. Any, any other alien. questions? Any other questions out there? Screenwriting questions, filmmaking questions. Yeah. Sure, sir. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, that the question is about Wayland. That it seems like Wayland. That David has a piece of Wayland inside him, and that David may be raging against humanity. But is, is Wayland have an influence? I, I kind of like. I, I I didn't like the philosophy that David landed on this creation thing. It's like, oh, I'm creative. It's like I like to create awful. Parasites. I mean, frankly, kill. it's it's the it's the singularity thing. It's AI. It's AI comes forward and doesn't like humans and then eats us. It's like but it's that, a basic it's a basic one. That's stupid. I'm way more interested <laughs> in the idea that Wayland gave him orders, 
and that that's what happened early. And that's what he's carrying out. Like I, 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 I find that way more compelling from a like the idea of a droid who's just I'm going to carry out, you know, genocide, like regardless because my my master told me to. I mean that's that's really screwed up. And, and I that, can, but I can at least understand it as opposed to I cooked up this idea of coming up with these genetic eggs that would hatch they're things. Perfect. And, yeah, because the, they're perfect. The TED talk gives resonance to that because in the TED talk. Wayland talks about the the Lawrence of Arabia scene where he pinches the match and says uh, uh, the the trick is uh, not minding that not it hurts. Not minding that it hurts. So that's in the TED talk, which, which, which is goes how to Prometheus what? starts. Which goes to Prometheus. what part of the philosophy? No, no, no. Prometheus starts with David watching Lawrence of Arabia mm -hmm. and quoting that scene again and again. And he, so why is he obsessed with that? It's a part of Wayland's philosophy and Wayland's mentality and Wayland's you know what he loves what power. Huber's perfection. I'm, I'm not even uh, specifying what it is that he's talking about. Just yeah. that idea that there is that resonance. There is part of Whalen in David. I think you're at, yeah. I think that uh, our audience member, the, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Wayland is inside of David. The choices David is now making further down the path after Wayland's death are questionable. You know, is he trying to be like his father? Is he trying to surpass his father, or is he trying to carry out his father's orders? Well, and there's there's two quotes, um, one in the most recent movie and one in the first movie that I think, like, uh, they've at least been thinking about this stuff for a while. So in, in the most recent movie, David, uh, I can't remember who asked him, someone says, what do you believe, David? And he says, creation. And so we're meant to believe that that's the core of his philosophy. Going back to the first movie, Ash, the original android uh, with homicidal motives, uh, when he's looking at the, the alien and he's examining, he says, I admire its purity. Yeah. And so there's this, this sense of perfection and idealism that's at the core of the android ethos. But, you know, I, like, uh, are we there yet? I don't know. I mean, it's It's like it's the myth of Fran Frankenstein as well, yeah. right? It's like you create this monster and, you know, you cannot control what happens afterward because the monster goes into the world, the world interacts with the monster. Right. And so these two things that they have in common, the idea of control, like ultimate control, ultimate power, right? Which is creation is the ability to create is seen as uh, control. And then um, perfection, the idea of perfection, beauty, perfect beauty is the, another idea of control. Um, and um, both are, you know, rightly... You hubristic sins that uh, pride that cometh before the fall. So hopefully that gets resolved in epic, you know, manner in Alien Two and a half. Awakening. Three? Alien Awakening. What? Do you, okay. What are you going to oh, call yeah. the third movie? I think it's already Any titled. It's it's it's. You think it's titled? It? I think it is. I think it's titled. Well, Awakening. I know that Covenant was previously called Alien Paradise yeah. Lost. Terrible so, name. Yeah, not so good. <laughs> a little on the nose, but what you, you think? What's it called? The I third movie? Thought, I think I, I thought I remember Awakening, but it may be Anyone Awakenings. Know? Anyone? Yeah. Why were you thinking like Revelations or something? It was it was the Alien Awakens. Like, the Alien Awakens. Like alien Summer Tryst. It depends on the story they decide to tell. Like it said, you can go backwards or forwards. So if they go back to the engineers, which we they don't, they can't know. be going back. Yes, you can go. When I say go backwards, you can t tell the engineer story. We got a little bit of it. They wiped it clean. They were just like, "Oh, these guys made us, and but they made they, they made there. weapons." It's clear Ridley Scott doesn't care about that. He wanted to ignore oh, no. it. He he burnt them up. 
and just like that's moved their, on. That's their finale, but we, maybe we find out where they came from. I'd love to their learn more about them. Story. I'd love to learn because apparently they're our origin, right? So alien, spring awakening, spring awakening. Oh gosh! <laughs> on that note, um, it's gonna be a musical. Guys, I want to thank all of you for coming out. I want to thank our audience. Uh, I want to thank my screenwriters. I want to thank Adorama, uh, our engineer, Seth Miranda. Thanks very much. Um, the script is produced by David Negrin, edited by Zoe Alexander. Join our Facebook page by searching for NYC Screenwriters Collective. Follow us on Twitter at ScriptFeed. Uh, you can support the script podcast at patreon.com slash the script. Uh, if you like the script podcast, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and sc- subscribe to the script YouTube channel. Thanks, everybody. Yay. Good night. Woo, woo.